Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. The important question now, Sarah, is what do you know about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I know that it's a cop show. Mm-hmm. I think set in New York? I don't know what gave me that impression. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm 99% sure Anyway, um, I know I have seen so many GIFs. So many GIFs. So I feel like I know the faces of the primary cast members. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, the Lonely Island guy. Andy Samberg. That's the one. Or as I refer to him, Mr. Joanna Newsom. Fun fact. Is he married to Joanna Newsom? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there's... Big, tough, cop, boss, guy, Andre Brower, <laughs> the actor. Yes. The tough, tough, tough boss guy. Uh, there's uh, innocent cinnamon roll girl with brown hair. I think um, that's one of the, one of the Nassim Padrad is on the show. I don't and know. And she plays. I believe she's that one. That or sounds she's right. The other the because there's, Ooh, le- there's yeah. I that, I don't recognize that name, and I've definitely heard the name of the sassy. Uh, 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 like w- would will destroy you with her withering stare, yeah. lady. Right. So I, was, I was I was counting yeah. on my fingers and I just went no I forgot whether the thumb was in play. Um. And Terry Crews is in the show too. Oh yeah, that's Super right. Honestly, guy. I forgot. Yeah, he's also big tough, big tough cop mm-hmm. guy. Um. Uh. There's also a guy who's. Like kind of maybe a little bit balding and maybe a little bit like a like a pencil pusher like well, I don't know I dropped a bunch of papers I don't know right. like one of those kind of characters um, and there's also like an older guy with a crew cut maybe and oh Captain Holt is the captain mm-hmm. and I know that his husband who tragically will not be showing up in the pilot I assume is Mark Evan Jackson. I would be more excited to watch this pilot if uh, if he was going to be in it. Not going to lie. If he does show up in the pilot, I'll be delighted. But I have to assume that's a reveal for a later episode. I mean, yeah. Anything with Medj in it is better than not. Marcevon Jackson? <laughs> M.E.J. Oh, uh, the best. He makes every show better. Uh, I think that's the main thing. And they're all cops in a precinct. And honestly, I feel like most of the episode takes place in their office, their their precinct. I feel like I've seen very few screenshots that were of them actually solving crimes or anything. It's a it's a workplace comedy. Yeah, we, yeah. Ha- we neither of us have said the word comedy. Yeah, that's to a good the point. Yes, my a work. It, I definitely get the vibe. It's a workplace comedy more than it is anything to do with crimes being solved. Right. I'd be shocked if they ever solve a crime. In an episode of this show. Yeah, as would I. A lot of, a lot of like, paperwork and uh, people coming in and... Uh, it's 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 more Barney Miller than it is... Barney Fife? Uh, <laughs> no, I was trying oh, to think right. of a million cop shows that are all procedural. Right. Like, I don't think it's a procedural. I think it's a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're absolutely... It's, it's, it's more Barney than it is... It's more Barney Miller than it is Law & Order. There yeah, you sure. Dun, dun. We could have just said Dick Wolf. It's more Barney Miller than it is Dick Wolf, because like yes, that also works. All the all the Dick Wolfs, yeah. like yeah, so many Dick Wolves. Where did they all come from? 
Is it CBS? It's like they're whatever network his shows are on. It's like the network currently has like eighteen shows executive produced by him that are all cop shows of like varying. Yeah, locations. I wonder at this point how much does he actually do? Yeah. How much is he actually involved? Anyway. Um, I bet he's super involved. He's like he's like a turbo weirdo. He's, he's like, one of those people who's a little bit workaholic and just yeah. like all they live to work and they're just like really really involved in every single thing. Yeah. They're like, like sending out script notes. I don't know. Dum, dum. Uh, hey, could we uh, could we tweak the dong dong for this season? I feel like we could make it a little more dynamic. Anyway, a little more dong, a little less dong. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um. Back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Strangely, what do you know that I haven't already stated? I think that's about it. Um, I, think we, I think we've covered it. Um, I, I, I will say that for a cop show, comedy, whatever, I, I've, I've heard inklings that there's a lot more uh, queer representation on this show yes. than you would expect from the setup that we have sort of vaguely hinted at. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm expecting exactly none of this to be present in the pilot. Um, although they, guess they might reveal Captain Holt Mm -hmm. being gay. Um, but I understand that the tough, sassy lady who can destroy you with her face, um, (laughs) can destroy me with her face, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Stephanie Beatrice? Is that the actress's name, maybe? That sounds right, but I'm not familiar enough with the show or with her to know. I, I am... The internet got very excited when she came out as bi, and I thought I heard that maybe the character did as well. Mm-hmm. I hope that that is true. One time she gets a puppy, and she uh, she says if anything happened to it, she would kill everyone in the room and then herself. That's a gift that I have <laughs> used myself personally. That's pretty good. Uh, I also know lots of spoilers for things that are going to happen to some of the characters down the line, just because this is a very popular show. People talk about it a lot. And this is why it qualifies for the meme theme of this season. Yeah. I've seen so many gifts. I heard so many people talk about the ins and outs and ups and downs of the show. What happens, who ends up in relationships with whom, uh, all that stuff that I'm, I'm really very, very curious to watch it. The main reason that I haven't given it a chance yet was a feeling that probably I'd be disappointed by the level of uh, Mark Evan Jackson involvement. And that I was like, do I need a show that makes New York cops cute and cuddly in my life right now? To be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it'll still be a good show. I've heard people say, like, I love this show, but I also feel weird about watching a show that... Sarah, you need not ever apologize for the reasons you don't watch any given show. I know that I one, know. one of the shows we're watching this season, Lucifer... I avoided it because the character wasn't blonde. The lead actor wasn't blonde. So, you know, like... The lead actor was not literally David Bowie. And you were like, "Mm, pass. Literally not a blonde David Bowie. So I was just like, I'm out. So, you know, having an actual, like, legitimate... world... (laughs) Based reason for not watching a show is totally fair. Yeah. True. True. But now we're going to watch it. Yeah. So let's go watch it. Yeah. Let's go watch it and let's cross our fingers and that if we are very, very good and eat all of our vegetables. Maybe more than one in a hundred of the scenes will not happen in Brooklyn. I I was going to say maybe Mark Evan Jackson will actually be in the pilot. but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so we just watched the first episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, 
this is such a good pilot yeah. in terms of setting up what this is and what it will be week to week and also being a complete story yes. in and of itself. Oh, Agreed. Uh, I This was refreshing. Yeah. The level at which it was like, that was fun and enjoyable to watch and a good pilot. Good. It was refreshing kind of in the way watching Lucifer was, which we just watched last night, because it's been so long since we watched a show that was like really a true pilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was so nice to see that again. So anyway, in the similar way, this also felt like a, like a true pilot, mm-hmm. but also it was just, it was a lot funnier than I think a lot of the shows we've watched that were true comedies have been. This, this is officially the most I've laughed at anything we've watched for Pilot House. Yeah. Like. Well, recently, for sure. No, I. I you think ever? Ever. I can't think Strangely, of anything I've laughed at more. Crawling up on 50 episodes. Actually, we might be at 50 by the time this airs. Yeah. And you're saying that you've laughed more at this than any other show? Yes. Wow. All right. I, I, I cannot think of... I, I've laughed more like talking about other shows with you, but in terms yeah, of like my, my, my gut reaction yeah. to viewing it in the mo- I mean I was laughing almost the whole way through yeah. this I mean definitely it was it was a high laugh quotient but I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't maybe just confidently say that it might be the most time I've ever laughed you're telling me you laughed more at this than at my mother the car come on now I yeah I did <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> I think my mother the car there was less laugh less laughter and more what? yeah yeah Anyway, uh, let's get uh, started with our one-sentence synopsis. Stranger would like to take us down. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it. I've got it. The detectives of the 99th Precinct in Brooklyn solve a murder case while also adjusting to the arrival of a new captain. Nailed it. Yeah. That was a proper sentence. It didn't run long, and it actually included everything. And it's funny as hell. (laughs) Parenthesis, a little asterisk, funny as hell. Funny as hell. (laughs) You could, you could, I guess you could have worked something in about like the quirky personalities of the idea of yeah. precinct or something like that to kind of convey. But yeah, no, that you you pretty much got it. Like, yeah. So uh, to go a little bit more yeah, into yeah. into that, we'll start the we'll we'll start the recap. But first, we should address what we were wrong about because oh, we both yes, kind of had right. some Sorry. overall kind of umbrella view. Umbrella view. Good <laughs> lord. I mean, it's the kind of view you would see if you were sitting on top of an umbrella. Yeah. I understood it. From an umbrella umbrella points view. Yeah. We we had the broad strokes of this essentially yes. correct. Yeah. It's more action than we were expecting, I think either of us. When we loaded the episode on the the player, the thumbnail from the episode they used was the the th- I'm going to go ahead and say the three main characters. At least as the pilot presents it, uh-huh. um, the two the two main detectives that are together, right. and then the the new captain. All three of them in bulletproof vests, mm-hmm. guns out yep. on location. And I went, "This is already more action than I was expecting." I really thought it was going to be like we said in the what we know, kind of like more like Barney Miller. Like right. it's almost entirely takes place in the precinct, which I guess maybe was. N- now that I think about it, mm-hmm. new modern shows just don't do that. Right. It's easier to shoot on location than it used to be. It's easier to make sets look like locations. Right. It's just, yeah, um, makes sense now that I've seen it. But yeah, it was it was more action, I think, than either of us was expecting. Yeah. Nassim Pedrad is not in this. That's my bad. Uh, I was I was absolutely certain she was going to appear. Oh. She's not. She's not a lead 
For... Who who is that? Because I remember you mentioned it. And yeah. I went, okay, I don't know who that is. She's a she's a uh, SNL alum. I don't know. I don't think she's still on SNL. Uh, she was in some of the uh, the Lonely Island videos, and oh, okay. she's she's kind of in a Samberg adjacent performer. Okay. Um, yeah, the only person um, we saw in this episode that I went, oh, that makes sense, mm-hmm. was uh, Fred Armisen. As oh, a, as a little cameo. Very, yeah, practically cameo level appearance as a racist caricature of an immigrant. So, fun. Yeah, he was, uh, was a, that was a very uh, on-brand Fred Armisen caricature. Yeah, character. which, I mean, I guess I'm revealing that I'm not a huge fan, uh, but... I'm I mean, all about seriously, Carrie Bradshaw. I just, that's, seriously, that's why I'm just being like someone with an unpronounceable name, and then when they spell it, they say a letter that's not a real letter, and when the person calls them on it, they go, yeah, the clay is silent. I was like, that was the one joke in the episode that made me go, oh, seriously? <laughs> so tired. But anyway, I feel like I've seen that exact bit 10 times in my life, but maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, anyway. Honestly, in the that, in the sea of other things, like that was a that was like the one hinky moment. But like yeah. honestly, compared to the fact that we were forced to watch like almost the equivalent amount of time to how long this pilot was of Hulu ads. Yeah, let's not even get into how annoying Hulu is. We, I don't even we, know what the service does, but yeah. I will never patronize them because of the amount of my life they wasted today. Like, what is? It's like fancy or something oh is that sorry i was yeah. i completely tuned out yeah. all the ads we we Dang saw it. like four ads for it that's amazing. i'm gonna bleep out every time you say the brand name too, oh, so we don't give them do. free advertising yeah you were like I'm, i thought you were just like another streaming service i was like what are you talking about i mean anyway. it, might, it streams <laughs> into your house anyway the point is we we usually end up just not watching things on hulu we just haven't in a long time and so i forgot that they make you watch ads even when you have a paid account yeah insane yeah, it's insane. This pilot was great, though. So, uh, should we get into that recap? Yes, let's get into the recap. Because I, I don't think there was anything else we were wrong about. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I forgot about Gina. Um, well, the character's name, I think, is Gina. Shoot, what's the actress's name? The character's name, Gina? The one who's the civilian office worker person. Chelsea Peretti. Chelsea Peretti, thank mm-hmm. you. I forgot she was in this. Mm-hmm. I knew that. She's in the gifts. Uh, when I was describing, the, honestly, the cast is huge. Yeah. So there were a couple of characters I didn't cover when I went, oh, there's this person and this person. Also, I'd like to apologize to Joe Latriglio for misremembering that he was bald. He's not, as far as I can tell. I'd like to apologize to him for misremembering that. I did remember he was a bit like, I remembered his character very accurately. Yeah. Oh, the, my fo- oh, my muffin, my head, my muffin and my foot and my, uh, it was, it was like, mm-hmm, this is the character I just inaccurately described him as balding. Moving on to the recap. Sarah. I have a suggestion oh, sure. for how we do this recap because I mean it's a comedy and the we can I think we could just burn through what happens in this episode in like five minutes. Yeah. So instead, why don't we just go character by character and kind of discuss the characters yes. for a couple minutes each? Yes. Because we're I'm in favor. This is a setup of here's a pile of of misfits and yeah. they're going to be interacting together. Yeah. And for like 143 episodes at yeah. this point, which is bananas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's just go character by character because yes. I think especially for other people who've heard a lot more of the show, yeah. hearing our initial first blush 22 minute pilot reactions to these characters could be kind of fun. Yes. All right. I totally agree. 100%. 
So the basic plot of the episode is you've got a bunch of employees of the Nine Nights Precinct. We are immediately given the impression they're kind of goofballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they not just in the comedy show sense. They're also kind of goofing around. Yeah. Uh, and their captain has just retired, mm-hmm. and they are waiting for the arrival of the new captain. Uh, new captain arrive, ruffles a few feathers. And uh, he's very, like, monotone voice, no nonsense. It's, yeah, uh, very, it's Andre Brower. Yeah. And he's, very mo- no-nonsense, kind of like, oh, no, he's going to fly in the face of this wacky, you yeah. know, happy-go-lucky precinct or whatever. Uh, the main case they are dealing with in this episode is a murder. Mm-hmm. A person is murdered, and there it's an obvious break-in, and the things that were stolen are, like, a couple of valuable things, but most interestingly, a very expensive ham? Yeah. Was stolen With out of the fridge? A cured ham. A fancy cured ham that costs thousands of dollars, I think they said? Mm-hmm. Which was a, definitely a, an interesting choice for the plot. Uh, they, uh... While the main detective, Jake, the um, Andy Samberg detective, Andy yeah. Samberg, wacky go lucky pants uh, mm-hmm. detective guy, uh, is constantly uh, butting heads with the new captain, they end up finding out that someone who works at a deli nearby murdered him to steal the ham, and they knew he had the ham because he tried. To sell them the ham? Yeah, and so he, he tried Very to... Very s- unclear why he had this expensive ham, A, and B, why he needed to sell it. it Very, yeah, it unclear. seemed like he was importing it or something, and then the deli guy tried to go steal it from him, and it was that thing where the burglar gets caught and attacks the, the homeowner. Yeah, the, inter- was... Burg- burg- inter- no, burglar are Burglarus interruptus. That is what <laughs> I'm thought, trying to he say. He thought the person was at home, and he would just break in, steal it. The person was home, he panicked, killed the guy. Burglarus Interruptus. Yes. So Textbook Burglarus Interruptus. You say it one more time. Inflagrante burglary. So Wait, that's inflaming burglary. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes, inflagrante delicto literally means inflaming crime. So Yeah. But it's delicto sounds like it should be like delicious. Anyway. So it was it was a little unclear to me at least why an expensive ham was being sold anyway, but Clearly, they just wanted a funny thing to be the impetus for the crime. And in the end, the whole team works together as a team to catch the guy. Hooray. Yeah, and the the sort of, while that A plot is going on, the B plot is Jake, the Andy Samberg character. As you mentioned, he's butting heads with the new captain who's trying to get him to, like, wear a tie, dress appropriately. Yeah. He keeps goofing and being the class clown type character that he is. Uh, and it particularly comes down to this thing about a tie. The captain wants him to wear a tie. He keeps not wearing it. He keeps not wearing it. And finally, kind of at the end of the episode, he has this epiphany where it's like... Somewhat it's, randomly, but it's fine. It's the uniform that we all wear. And it's like part of us being a team together. Yes. And honestly, I, I was... I thought it was kind of touching. Like, you said it was someone, no, somewhat yeah, it, randomly. I wish there'd been more of an impetus for the realization. But um, I guess it was better than if someone had just said, team, or something. And then he went, team. Oh, it's a team. You know, it's, yeah. it wasn't a cheesy thing. He just kind of all of a sudden goes, oh, now I get it. He right. points out, we're a team. And we, as a team, have brought you down, criminal. Oh, I get it. We're a team. Yeah. 
It was fine. It was fine. And that, but that, that realization was aided because the captain in my favorite scene in, in this pilot, the captain opens up to Jake about the fact that he's gay and he was held back from promotion for a while because he was gay. And then he kind of got pushed into this like, uh, outreach uh yeah. role to be like look the nypd is is nice we have yeah. a gay um and, and all he wanted was his own yeah he just, just wanted to be a cop i just want to clarify he didn't open up to jake in the sense that this was not hidden right no, in fact he, they make a big deal of the fact that he's like oh hey how come you seem really um i've heard you're very accomplished so why did it take you so long to get your first command command well because i'm gay Surprised you didn't know that. It's not like I hide it. And then they like flash back to a couple of hints, including right. a framed article on the wall of his office <laughs> saying openly gay captain yeah. promoted or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm a horrible detective, which is great because he's been bragging about being a great detective the whole time. Yeah. But but the, the opening up is not that he's he's revealing his gayness is that he's revealing like his personal experience of that. Yeah, that, I, I guess what I wanted to clarify is that this is less about Holt opening up information he was not willing to give to Jake before. It's Jake being receptive to hearing it, I felt like. I guess oh, that I, might be splitting hairs. I just no, wanted to... No, well, I think it's Holt shows a little bit of vulnerability in this way that he's trying to motivate this young person who's not listening. And he's like, look, I, I, I've been there. I get that, that this bureaucracy can be difficult. Bureaucracy yeah. can feel difficult when it's coming down on you from above because it's come down on me from above. Yeah. And I'm trying to get you to be a part of this with me, but I understand feeling a little crushed by quote unquote the man because yeah. I've been crushed by quote unquote the fun police, the man who, yeah. who's who's not letting me express myself. Right. That that was kind of the vulnerability that I, I was yeah. feeling no. in the scene. And it, it plays really well. And that actually gets to the heart of as we move into the more character stuff, that gets into what made this such a good pilot for me is that everybody's goofing and it's it's very silly, but at the same time, the characters' emotional lives are real. Yeah. That if someone says, I was sad, it's not like, meh, meh. It's like, no, this like the, the, the actor plays it as real. The stakes are real for the people within the stories in, in their emotional lives. And even though they're goofy... They're, they're clearing cases. They're solving crimes. They're still effective. Yeah. It's a hard balance to strike. And I, I never thought about it until the uh, the Get Smart remake starring Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway. Someone points out that the Steve Carell character is still like, he's a really good shot with his gun. He's still capable in certain situations. So he's not like a complete doofus. And he still like gets the bad guy. But it's not like he gets the bad guy on accident. Weird things happen while he gets there. Yeah. But it's still, it's not like an incapable hero has something fall into their lap. It's a capable hero who's goofing along the way, which is how a lot of the characters in Brooklyn Nine-Nine are. They're having a goofy workplace thing going on, but they're still capable. Yes. Yeah. And that, that endears the world to me more because if they were just like a bunch of, you know, they're never, they're never doing their jobs and they're just in the office flicking rubber bands at each other all the time. I wouldn't find them nearly as endearing. Yeah. And I, I I also found this much more endearing than I expected to. Is is part of it that there's actually even though it's it's a, a gay thing and not uh you know, they make it about the captain is held back from promotion because he's yeah. gay. 
they're still acknowledging that there are structural inequalities that are being dealt with within the police force. Yeah. That was something I was not expecting from like my goofy comedy show about being police. Yeah. Which is, this is that's the beauty of comedy. Right. It's like you, you're making jokes, you know, there's this kind of reveal of like, I was held back from promotion because I was gay. Yeah. But then it's coupled with like a slow motion of his mouth going, manscaping. Yep. So good. Yep. I, yeah, I honestly felt like I mentioned in the What We Know that I was reluctant to start a new show that, you know, makes the NYPD cuddly and adorable. Um, But I felt like as far as that goes, Mm -hmm. it is still a show about the NYPD in which the NYPD are likable characters. However, at least they are not depicted, like in a lot of procedurals, as the tough, like, oh. Nobody respects what we do when we work so hard. They were kind of depicted as a little bit as goofballs. They're still yeah. the heroes in the end, mm-hmm. but they're also like that. That the, they tr- they're trying to track down the the killer in the end, and this like janitor is like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, "NYPD." She's pointing at her vest. The maintenance worker points at their jacket, like maintenance worker. I got <laughs> shit to do yeah. anyway. Just the, like, ugh, the, that kind of, like, lack of respect. I was like, I appreciate a little of that, at least. Yeah. Uh, in, and also, they are shown being kind of ineffectual. When they first uh, let the murderer get away, like, both of the cops managed to drop their guns in the uh-huh. ensuing chaos in this tiny grocery store. And letting the guy get away after he smooshes little One of the cops. Cute, yeah. cute, cute, helpless, uh, hopeless guy's face. Into some gelato. Yeah. Well, shall we progress to going character by character now? Oh, I thought we kind of already were because we were. I guess we were talking about the relationship between yeah. between Captain Holt and uh, Detective Go Lucky Pants. Yeah. But it, I think one of the things that really shines in this is that we get introduced to a lot of very big personalities very quickly, yeah. and yet we also get to see a lot of them play off each other, even if it's just one or two lines. It's Everybody gets a really good moment in this, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic to introduce like over 10 characters. Yeah, I think there was um, because there's the three that Terry Crews characters is says like those three. They're pretty useless. On to the good ones. Yeah, (laughs) those three, uh, two of the three get at least a moment, a comedy moment. Mm -hmm. I think the third one did not. And I'm not totally clear on their names. Right. Um. Scully is the f- like flat top crew cut guy. Yes, and he gets that moment in the in the the, the hot sauce. That's a, that hot sauce. Uh, I think then Hitchcock is the guy who, uh, just this side of cliche sassy Latina character, uh, yells at him and he's like, "I'll make him return it." Oh yeah, I yeah. think then yeah. that was That's him. Yeah. And then there's a third one, who I I think it was, I think a, it was woman. a third one that was an older woman, mm-hmm. and I I. Don't think she got any lines. No. But a, a lot of characters to cover in a 22-minute show. Yeah. So, while also solving a mystery. Yeah. It's not that hard, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's also, I want to give them credit yeah. for like, well done. You actually, you did it. So you established not only several somewhat complex characters, mm-hmm. some one-note characters, um... At least two character pairs, three character pairs, arguably, that are going to have an interesting kind of this is what their interactions are going to be like. Mm-hmm. And solved a murder. Not bad. Not bad. I also really like that 
structurally the authority figures at the top of the pyramid of this are both black. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciated the scene where, uh, yeah, the two of them, um, and tough guy history. who's not going to do any tough guy stuff. Yeah. Terry, Terry Crews is a tough guy. Who's a, who's like really skittish. Who, who wants to work. Yeah. Who Beautiful. wants to, who wants to do uh, paperwork and have an office job yeah. and the captain, the yeah. two of them, being on the other side of the glass, sort of like going, all right, what, what's the deal? Let's uh, kind of size up this uh, room full of other people. That was that was a nice touch. I appreciated that. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's. I guess, I, I we kind of, uh, like they did in that scene, we kind of yeah, dealt exactly. with those three uh, uh, characters that don't get much time. I'm sure they'll get some good stuff later. Oh, yeah. For now, let's, uh, let's start with arguably the main character of the show. Detective Go Lucky Pants, Jake Peralta, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Andy Samberg. Yes. So he is definitely um, the kind of character who could be very, very easily, very, very annoying. And he wasn't. And I'm I not, think... I gotta want to call that out, especially because I generally find Andy Samberg annoying. And I think part of the, the special mixture of this is the fact that like his colleagues obviously find him amusing at times, including his partner. Yeah. Who he's he has a really fun relationship with her. Yeah, that, I definitely want to talk about that more too. But the 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 thing that really made it work for me is that Captain Holt is just not amused by him and sees the, is that, that's his name, right? Captain Holt. Yes. The captain. He's like not amused, and he knows exactly how to make him look extra dumb. He's like, yeah, you were doing a dumb robot voice. Like, that's the worst robot voice I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, and he just says everything that's like flat <laughs> Then he monotone. does to, he tries to to do up like a little bit of a prank on him and he's like, Yeah, everybody, come see this. Yeah. You did this thinking I'd be the only one to see it. Well now I'm gonna bring everyone in here with their phones out, ready to take pictures. And he kind of his, his washes him, but in a fun way. And his like utter lack of reaction in some ways. Yeah. He doesn't get mad, he doesn't yell at him. And yeah. he doesn't laugh at it either. He's just like, oh, you're being funny. Yeah. This is a joke. Like, yeah. it's so, it's, mwah, I yeah. love it. He's, he's very likable right off the bat, for sure. So what about his partner? His partner. Now I'm completely forgetting what her name was. Um, and I don't know the I actress. I still I'm, have the IMDb. I'm not, uh, I was not already yeah. familiar with the actress, but no, well, I told you, Ro- let's not, Rosa... let's not stress ourselves out about character yeah. names. Uh, okay. She's, uh, you know, um, Rosa. Yeah. Rosa. I have, I have seven brothers and something to prove. <laughs> and then the way they show that uh, with the hot pet. sauce. Teacher's oh, pet. So good. Yeah. Detective teacher's pet. Detective te- I like it. Yeah. Detective teacher's pet is his partner. They have a rivalry between them, but also... They kind of seem to enjoy each other's company. It's interesting because they definitely, they have a very strong rivalry in the very, very first scene. Scene, She's like kind of exhausted with his, you know, shenanigans. And then they go, they cut to like the debriefing with the whole precinct. And it re- it's revealed that they have a going uh, bet of who, yeah. will, who will solve the most cases or whatever. And it's established later that, yeah, if if she wins, he has to give her his car. Yeah, his, like, Which nice, is, like, like, like a nice, like a, like a vintage car. And if he wins, she has to go on a date with him. I thought that was a little bit, like, boy, that's cheesy. Yeah. Especially since it's, like, and he guarantees it will end in sex. And I'm, like, gross. 
But he is flirting with her, but also pissing her off constantly, which I hope that that relationship is finessed and I have reason to believe that it will. Yeah. Um, I did find that part a little bit like, oh, yeah, he's annoying. But I also appreciated that she still kind of laughed at his it does, it's not Bullshit. like it's an entirely one-sided shenanigans going on between the two yeah. of them, though. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. She definitely also does some shenanigans. She's a likable character, yeah. despite being... I guess they're both likable, despite being presented as very much opposites. Yeah. She wants to follow the rules and suck up a little bit to the new captain... And she's like, I'm gonna make a, ca- I'm gonna make captain someday, and like, I'm gonna, I have like, I have ambitions, very ambitious and driven, and he's very like, hey, I'm the freaking best detective in the world, so like, I don't need to follow the rules, you know? Yeah. But they and clearly based on their their num- their neck and neck for solving cases, and they yes. both solved quite a few, so they're both effective. Yeah. In their own way. Yes. But they're not gelling together right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I was actually surprised. I did not expect the show to... I mean, basically, the show is presenting them as something of a will-they-won't-they or kind of like like these two are endgame or whatever. Like, it was pretty clear, I thought, with the way that it was presented. Um, And I was like, oh, okay. I did not expect that right there in the first episode. But okay, apparently that's, that's just right out there. Uh... Her whole thing with Holt is going to be her rabbi, I kept waiting for that to be explained. And it wasn't explained, so it must be a reference I'm not getting. She kept saying he's going to be her mentor, but she said... She but kept she using the did, word rabbi. Yeah, she described it as, as he's going to be my rabbi. She says, I need a mentor. I need to find my rabbi. Like, like she's saying, I need to find my character Sensei name i'm referencing like, i feel like it sounded yeah. it sounded like she was yeah and i'm like what does that mean i've never heard, heard someone use rabbi in that context and i think they were trying to establish that jake's characters is jewish mm-hmm. because she says it one time uh and after saying it several one of the times down the road when she says it he says well first of all when you say rabbi it turns me on you know that's not fair and she just kind of smirks at that and i'm like eh. I do, I do not understand. I have never heard someone use rabbi to mean a general mentor. Like like how people use sensei. Right. That's a perfect example. Or mentor or anything like that. I've just I've never heard that and she kept saying it and it was really weird to me. Yeah. If anybody else knows if that's a specific reference to something or if that's a thing in New York and that's why I don't know about it. Please let me know because that is the first I've ever run into that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it happened enough that I wonder if there was some other pe- like because this is a tight twenty two this pilot, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this was originally written as maybe a, a they were going to do a double length pilot or something, and then this got cut down significantly to hmm. fit because this because especially I don't like no, I I feel like it felt pretty. It did not feel like it had, it had been a bigger story that had to be cut down. It felt pretty. No, not not a bigger story necessarily, but like something where I I don't know if they had a lot of improvising on set. I know Lord and Miller who directed this. There's often a lot of improvising on their sets. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why they got fired from Solo. It's also Mike Schur co-created the show and Uh he did Parks and Rec, Good Place, shows with that that kind of vibe. Right. They also have a lot of improvisation. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So like, I, I guess like I could see a, a joke like, like they're like, oh, what if, you know, like at one point instead of she's, she it was written that she's saying sensei or some other word. And then she like improvises rabbi and everyone on set thinks it's hilarious and it yeah. gets left in. Yeah. That happens often with the comedies where they're being created improvisationally. And like, even though the takes where she says rabbi, it's like, even though the, that joke doesn't make sense outside of everyone else in those takes is really good or something, you know. It's just yeah, sure. It's she says it so many times, and then he makes the joke about when you say Rabbi, it turns me on, which is the only thing to indicate that the character apparently, I'm assuming, is Jewish. Mm-hmm. That feels like it was planned, but you might be right. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You just, may be right. I may be crazy. Speculating. <laughs> well, we're both crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's uh, it's also uh, it established right. She has seven older brothers, which is like. On one hand, I was like, a bit of a cliche, but I guess it's more of a cliche when it's used to indicate why a woman is like very masculine or likes things like football or wrestling or something. For this, it was just, this is why she's very competitive Mm -hmm. and having seven siblings period will make you pretty competitive. Definitely being, um, one, the one girl and a bunch of boys might also make you, um, feel the need to show off that you're show that you're tough yeah which i thought that was very cute because it wasn't used as an excuse for like oh that's why she is tough because she's kind of not yeah but she she tries to bluff that she's tougher than she is yeah right i kind of appreciated that twist on the on the trope speaking of tough ladies though we've got uh also on the squad is totally no nonsense tough lady yeah yeah tough lady cop who i you know this is another thing where this show has two characters who very deadpan say hilarious things mm-hmm. and yet they both totally work for me so there's captain holt yeah. and then there's also tough lady cop who's like you know the guy's like oh i want to ask her out i'm going to ask her to the this film f- festival and he's like do you do you, do you want to go to the film festival with me and she goes yes and it's just like, that's all she says. And yeah. he's like, and he's what, like, really? Okay. Yeah, well, I, there's a lot of different options. I mean, I was thinking, you know, maybe just go with something safe. Susan Kane. No, Susan Kane sucks. Pick a good movie. Yeah. And then done. Yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> her speech is very economical. It's so fun. I also appreciated that even though she's, she's depicted as being a little scary and intimidating and a little aggressive mm-hmm. and also hard to read. Yeah. She is also not she's not one note two-dimensionally tough angry lady yeah because then later they're on a stakeout he she says yes but then she ends up changing her mind saying no i'm not going well he's just because he's being super indecisive he's like she's like which movie did you buy a ticket to and he's like all of them yeah she's like that's stupid you're being stupid i don't yeah wanna- yeah oh he's, he says well i just wanted to be safe she's like what do you mean to be safe he's like well you're kind of uh what did he say you're really opinionated. opinionated. Yeah. And she goes, she then just goes like, you think I'm opinionated? Then I'm not going to this movie with you, which is also a bit like, what? Why? And then later they're on the stakeout. He's like, this is awkward. And she goes, it's not awkward. I like your company. You're sweet. And he's like, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's simpler than she is, which I think that's what we're supposed to get from her is that she is difficult to read. And I appreciate that at least if she's going to be the tough, kind of aggressive, angry mm-hmm. lady. Let's at least give her the benefit of being also somewhat unpredictable and not just in a, in a loose cannon way. Like, 
And she's also sometimes nice. I mean, she did say yes. Like, yeah. sure, let's go to this movie. And this actually is a perfect point to bring up the comparison with the other comedy that we watched this season, which is Schitt's Creek, mm-hmm. which introduces a lot of incredibly arch one note characters that may or may not develop humanity later, but there's nothing to hold on to that would seem to indicate that the show is interested in developing humanity in them later. Yeah. However, with this, we are introduced to a lot of characters that are kind of, they seem kind of one note. You know, Rosa's like uh, uh, detective teacher's pet. Yeah. uh, TP. uh, Is introduced (laughs) as you're like, oh, she's trying to be tough because she had seven brothers. And oh, he's a goofball and doesn't respect authority. It's like, you know, they're very stock. They're very one note. But the show does enough in this 22 minutes to hint that these are more complex people yes. that have more things going on. Yes. And d- d- Detective Scary, Detective Opinionated, is yeah. a perfect example of this. Yes. That that you can derive humor from showing that your first impressions of someone are incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly a lot of her reputation around the office, some of it is her when she's like, return the scarf. But also some of it is like, it's clearly other people building her up into being this character. That she's scary and hard to read. But clearly, like, they're not asking her. You know? They're, yeah. Because when someone just asks her, do you want to go to the movies? She goes, yes. Sure. Like, yeah, I'll go to a movie. I like movies. Yeah. She's not like, no, what the fuck? You know, get away. Right. Because yeah. his, uh, his whole kind of fear about asking her out isn't from her as much as it's uh, and this is a great transition into talking about this character, Chelsea Peretti's character yeah. telling him that she's scary and she doesn't want to date him and she's she's yeah. going to say no and she's going to reject him. She has a type. It's any guy but you. Oh, that was my ex-wife's type too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Which, if there is one character in this that didn't quite work for me, it was the Chelsea Peretti one. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say so too. She's... Remains to be seen. Yeah. Kind of what uh, what what she's going to be like. There was at least one line she did that I thought was setting up a joke. And then I'm like, oh, now I guess the character was actually saying that. All right. When she, uh, yeah, C- Captain Holt brings her into his office and says, mm. you're a civilian administrator. Right. So you often have your ear to the ground. Give me a rundown. Of what do you think? What what are the what are the people in the precinct like? And she says, I'll tell you on six conditions. One, you let me use your office to practice my dance moves. And he's like, uh, how about you tell me or I fire you? She's like, okay. I mean, that's a classic joke setup, yeah. right? But the whole like six things and I'll t- use my dance moves. I, I don't know. It was just like that joke didn't quite land for me, I guess is, yeah. is, is all I really can say about it. But I was like, I guess I thought it was going to set up. She genuinely was jo- funning with him. Right. And instead it turned into a joke that a, a, a show joke, not a character joke. If you make to the yeah, station, yeah. No, and that's the character a, was not making a joke. The show was. There that's another moment where I'm seeing the seams of the kind of semi-improvisational whatever. Is yeah. that I feel like there's Oh, a, I bet you they shot a, a bunch of different scenes of her where she saying listed all off kinds of shit. ridiculous stuff. That that may be true. That that definitely would explain, and maybe that was the one that got the biggest laugh in the moment or something like that. Or it just was the one that worked best for other reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like because there's a, there's a, there's some no no employee would actually tell their boss like let me use your office to practice my dance moves yeah. I don't know I'm probably picking it apart too much I'm sure some people laughed at it at yeah. this. anyway 
she her character definitely she was she's she has sort of an alliance with um a a detective snowball detective innocent puppy my muffin (laughs) my head my muffin my head and my muffin yeah. My um, head, my muffin, my head and my muffin. I was Check it g- out. I was going for a my head, my muffin. <laughs> uh, yeah. My head and my muffin. I'm sorry, I was going for an entirely different reference. That guy. <laughs> let's talk about him. Yeah. The- well, I was going to mention, oh, yeah, transition into yeah, him by yeah. mentioning, they have this sort of alliance that he's asking her for advice. She's not really giving him good advice. But it seems at least somewhat to be well-intentioned. She's not messing with him completely. She's not being very nice. But she's not, like, giving him bad advice on purpose to mess with him. So maybe they do have a a real friendship. That remains to be seen with how they develop that character. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the character that didn't quite feel as fleshed out. Yeah. For me. Of the characters that were given any time to talk at all. Having a clear indication about the things she spends her primary activity time in the episode doing which is advising him mm-hmm. knowing for sure that she's not fucking with him or that she is for sure trying to help him yeah or even a little bit more of that relationship would have clicked her into this world for me a little bit yeah but as it feel as it felt like even andy samberg within the world of it doing his andy samberg thing it all fit like he's a piece of this puzzle yeah with her it felt like We'll get Chelsea Peretti. She'll do the Chelsea Peretti thing. Yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like that. And I don't really even know what the Chelsea Peretti thing is. Yeah. I, it, I'm I'm not super familiar with other work that she's done. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the Chelsea's Peretti. Yeah. She, I know she had her own show at some point. Or I think I know. I guess the, I shouldn't say I know. I can't Chelsea tell you how Peretti many times. Power Hour. <laughs> um. I can't tell you how many times I have said confidently, I know thing on this podcast. And later when editing, I went, I was, I didn't, I didn't actually know that. I thought I knew it and I was wrong. Why did I say it so confidently? Oh, it's it's a lesson for us all to learn. Not, not to be so confident Uh. in the things that we think we know. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what her deal is. I, I'm open to seeing her character develop further though. Now, to move on to Detective Puppy, which is really the only name so his, that fits. Yeah. <laughs> his... He is like a puppy. He's adorable. And he, he when you kick him, he makes a sad face. Yeah. Two things I loved about him. One where he's clearly the one who's, who. yeah, he's like a puppy. He's eager. He wants to help. He ends yeah, up getting into, into trouble. Yeah, Andy Samberg, he's tossing out ties. Yeah, and he's like, hey, that, is that for my desk? He's like, took those ties and he's like, Yep, here you go. And he's like, oh, thanks. Like, at first he's like, oh, you took something of mine. And then he gives him one. And he's like, oh, thanks. Like, I he's get actually, one. Yeah. I got one. I'm part of the thing. And yeah, it, it's definitely he craves approval without it being, like, gross. Yeah. He's a little bit dopey without it being too over the top. The thing, the dropping his muffin and then he steps on the muffin. That was very cute. And it, the, the, I was the two things I wanted to say about him is that scene in particular... I, that is such a hard kind of gag to pull off, not in front of a live audience. Yeah. Like when you have a live audience, you can be like, oh, my mother. You know, you can read the timing of the audience reacting and yeah. build that into something that will be funny. But, it, but it's a collaborative thing to make something like that funny. Usually he totally made that funny in a vacuum. Yeah. On TV. And very short too. Yeah. Very quick. Quickly a got. quick flashback. Yeah. My other thing I wanted to say about him is that. 
even though all of this kind of like bumbling puppy energy that you know they're setting up for him the one comment that the Terry Crews character has about him when they're kind of going through everyone in the office is that no one works harder than him. And the shot yes. of him, yeah. he's kind of bumbling, but his bumbling in the, sh- the reverse shot when they're looking at him yeah. is he has this huge stack of files that he's like working on. Yeah, yeah. And big, th- big old stack of paperwork. Yeah. And I, again, this is like one of those things that I think is really intelligent about this show is you're setting yeah. up the guy who's maybe kind of dumber than everyone else. But clearly he's on some level aware of it and he's willing to put in the extra time to make up for his failings. Yeah. You know, to still be a team player and to still be helpful to his coworkers. And it, that, again, it's humanity. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. Car- he, there's a reason they keep him around. They don't just keep him around because they want to laugh at him. Yeah. He nobody's, clearly has utility. Nobody's entire character is sticking their hand in a pot of cheese fondue for five solid minutes. Oh God! Sorry to evoke that image. Oh, but. <laughs> Sarah, I like. So sorry. You, so my, sorry. my guts physically knotted in the same like visceral reaction that like, if there had been a knock at the door and there were like three Brian's Cranston, <laughs> just like kind of terror and revulsion. <laughs> Whoa. You're watching Breaking Bad right now. I yeah, understand. I know. It's just like the, the one <laughs> is enough. Yeah. Two is excessive. Three is downright terrifying. Three is the that terrifying is the, crowd. That is the Brian's Cranston rule. So, yeah, he's he is dopey and a little bit goofy, but not too over the top, and he's still a nice guy. Yeah. And there's a great moment between him and and uh, Sassy Tough Lady at the yeah. end, uh, being you know she says like, "I like being around you. You're sweet," and he kind of smiles like, "Oh, I'm sweet." It's not over the top like. Oh, I think I still have a chance. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I received a compliment. I am pleased to have received it. Yeah. I, I do kind of hope that him trying to ask her out isn't a thing that happens like every freaking episode, which they could could go there. But I'm kind of hoping they don't do that too much anyway. Yeah. I mean, it would really be depending on how it develops. Yeah. but A fun, a fun way that you could play that, though, is that the, the overarching is that she has accepted going on a date with him. Yeah. But... She he has to commit to the right thing. Yeah. And so the gag is he keeps suggesting things and she keeps saying no because he's not actually suggesting something. He's like, I could pick you up at six or seven or eight or nine. And she's like, well, at that point, I'm not, you know, like, yeah. they, they had a thing like that where it's like, Let's, yeah, yeah, it could go that way. Both are consenting to this her issue, happening. Her issue with the, then turning down the date seemed to be less about... Not liking him or not liking being around him. Uh, it was more about like, look, this is too... You you want... If you say, here, I got two tickets to this movie. We're going. Do you want to go? Then I would say yes or no. Mm-hmm. But if it's a lot of wishy-washy, I don't know. You decide. I don't have any time for that. I don't, I don't want to make... I don't want to be the one that makes the, the decision. And, you know, I, like in a dating situation, if someone's like, do you want to go on a date with me? It's like, yes. And you hope that the person who's asking you out wants to go out with you. Yeah. And isn't just like vague about wanting to go out with someone. And if mm-hmm. everything else that happens on that date is super vague, you know, mm-hmm. the person can't c- commit. They're, they're just like, mm-hmm. okay, we could like wander around until we find a restaurant. It's like, is that the same thought process by which you chose to go on a date with me? Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of w- looked, I ca- I looked around and then you were, you were in my, yeah, and you were there. <sighs> Sorry, I'm having flashbacks to a particular personal experience <laughs> in my life. Uh, <sighs> yeah. 
Speaking of people, uh-huh. uh, one last person okay. in, in this uh, gang of misfits, and that's Terry Crews. Yes. He of the Old Spice commercials and the bounteous muscles. Yeah, didn't he used to be a football player? I think so. Or rather, like, he he's definitely an athlete first. Yeah, I think football. But yeah, um, this is definitely the thing I've heard most yeah. about him from. And yeah, I did appreciate that's like, we've got this big, tough, bald-headed black guy with muscles for days. And he's like, hey, I just had twin girls. Also, Cagney and Lacey. Mwah. Great joke. That's delivered very, just like, we, we just had twins. Shows a picture of Cagney and Lacey. And Holt says something like. So, yes, they have very chubby cheeks. Yeah, they're very cute chubby cheeks. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, nice. And he's like, so I just, I'm scared. I'm just much more worried about getting hurt. And so he's like, and then later, um, yeah, Peralta gets like stuck in the records room and he's like, I wish I could be here full time. You cannot get farther from the action. I love that they're going to have, he's not cartoonishly the opposite of what you're expecting, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he just, he's, he's the, like, he's the desk jockey. He's the office manager type. I don't know what his position is actually called, but yeah. And he's an, he's another one of these, like. I, I like that the show seems to be setting up people to be sort of reversals of either what you think their character is going to be or of a certain type of stock character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And often in in action cinema, particularly like pre-90s, you would often have a thing like in a, a horror movie like Predator or something like that where the monster would kill a large muscular black man first or early to demonstrate like, the powerfulness oh, of the monster right you seen, you seen that movie what's called predator <laughs> and it's like but it's like you know there's sort of this like stereotype in a lot of casting where like a, a muscular black man that will get cast to be this like yeah you know they're, they're more primal. nothing could kill this guy he's yeah. so tough yeah and it's like you know this idea that like oh they're they're more primal or something and it like yeah. it's super uncomfortable they're tougher yeah they don't feel pain all those Terrible stereotypes, yeah. yeah. And so to to have the dude who looks... I mean, Terry Crews is bursting out of his, like, Brooks Brothers, like, right. button-down yeah. shirt and With tie. suspenders. Yeah. yeah I mean, he thing. looks great, but he's burst. I mean, you could just tell it's Terry Crews and he's jacked yeah. AF. But then to have that character... Yeah, as the kids are saying. To have that character looking like that. And be the guy who's like, can we not do a gun battle? Like, yeah. I just want to stay here. Oh, I wish I could work in the records room. Cannot get farther from the action. Exactly. But again, his fear is not because he's like afraid for... It's not like, oh, you guys going to be a tough? He's actually a big wuss. Yeah. No, it's, he has a very real reason for not yeah. wanting to do quite so much uh, dangerous work yeah. on the streets yeah like, like, I don't want to unnecessarily endanger myself I have an family yeah I have two children yeah, yeah. two very small babies yeah it's, tag me and lazy. it's just yeah. great I, oh it's beautiful <laughs> I love that so much yeah yeah it's uh, it's pretty delightful oh well I, I think we should get into our segments unless you have anything else to add did we actually get through all the characters we did there's so many, I guess. Like, yeah, we did the two Let me double tap. main duh, ones, duh. and the her, and then the tough, and then the puppy, and. Yep. Yeah. And Chelsea Peretti. All right. We did it. We got through all the characters. It was very character dense. Let's show. move on to our first segment, which we like to call. 
Where did the money go? This is the segment where we kind of talk about how is the budget spread out? Did they splash it all out on one big thing? Where, how do we think it was balanced? It's probably the nerdiest segment yeah. on this entire nerdy show. Strangely, how do you feel about it? Uh, what do you think was the big, the big spendy bit? Not really anything, actually. This is yeah. this is one of those ones that we watch, and it's like it's very. They've got a very good producer who knows exactly what they're doing, and some directors like you know it's even the location shooting. I mean, you know, it's just it's dialed. Yeah. This is this is something that's put together by everybody. Everybody working on this, it's really dialed. Sometimes with pilots, it's like the the DP and the directors and the the showrunner and everything. It's not quite dialed, and they'll they'll kind of be like there'll be a big splash on like one big action scene or something like that. Or one character has an obscenely fancy apartment. Or yeah, something or something like, like that. Like that. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think too. This one was was pretty evenly balanced. Well done. Which honestly, if a show has a good producer. And use they turn loosely. I don't know what the title is of the person who is really in charge of this sort of thing. It's it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. And now a, a show is it's not necessarily bad if you go like, well, they did have two car crashes in this pilot, Lucifer, and that's probably where they spent a lot of money. Uh, or yeah, anything that has like a very elaborate, fancy main set or something that mm-hmm. it's not could not possibly be an existing thing. But yeah, I think that this one is yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Nothing super obvious. That muffin. I mean, he must have had to step on so many muffins to get that scene right. Many muffins gave their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next segment, which we like to call... Cliffs and Chips! This is the segment where we talk about any character relationships that we ship together, either romantically or otherwise, and any speculations about upcoming cliffhangers between seasons or half seasons of the show. Yeah, general predictions, but also I was thinking last night about the fact that, and I don't know if you were already aware of this, but I did not think about it logically when we first suggested this section. We thought, oh, we'll call them Cliffs and Ships, it'll be cute. The name of our show is Pilot House, which is part of a boat. And cliffs are where lighthouses are to watch ships that have pilot houses on them. Oh. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't even think about that. We need to do a photo shoot at Aliens. a lighthouse. <laughs> we need to do a photo shoot at a lighthouse sometime. It would be amazing. Let's go to, uh, what is it, Cape Disappointment? It has that great lighthouse. That, anyway. That Aliens meme guy... You know, like, whenever you see that, you want to read it like, aliens. Yeah. Like, that's how it sounds in my head. Yeah. I've seen plenty of episodes of that show. That guy's voice is like, aliens. That's it's... definitely how I was hearing it. Oh, man. Aliens. Yeah. That's how I was imagining it. I but, think it's, you know, it's the large, like, block font. Makes me want to add a little, like... Yeah. That's rating. fair. Anyway. What were we talking about? Cliffs and Chips. Beyond sort of the character relationships that are already being set up as well, they won't, they like uh, Jake and Detective Teacher's Pet. Yeah. And um, Detective Puppy and Detective... Uh, Angry. Angry. <laughs> the, the the relationship that I actually want to see developed, you know, we that is the one that we mentioned, the Chelsea Peretti and Detective... Um, Puppy. Yeah, Puppy. yeah. What is their relationship going to be going forward? I have a guess of speculation. Oh, speculate away, my friend. That's what this is for. She actually likes him. Hmm. And is 
trying to steer him away from someone who is not a good fit for him. Yeah. He's okay. more of a desk guy, right? Because he's he's more like he's he's less effective, so I feel oh. like he's more on the desk than some of the other ones. I, I would be absolutely surprised and impressed if they managed to convince me in the long run that those two are actually should be together. It just seems like a- angry and puppy, I mean. Oh yeah. no, not yeah. But yeah. whereas he's more desk and um Chelsea Peretti is also desk. Yeah. She's yeah. an administrator. In, so it's like, I feel like if anybody's no, going to really it. develop, not necessarily feelings, but just like feel protective of him. Yeah. Like it's, it's not necessarily that she's like, he will be mine, but she's like, yeah, no, yeah. that's not going to, that's not good don't for do, him. I can that. see why that's not good. She's, but she's not, her attitude is not entirely kindly about it. She like gives him a thumbs up at one point and he's like, oh, did I do that well? And she's like, uh, no. And does like <laughs> comical over the top. which that was another one that i was like i wonder how many takes they did of that before she got to the how many like an explosion yeah yeah although i gotta say on the good place podcast i remember one time they were talking about the host mark evan jackson Mm -hmm. asked somebody oh that line that this character says was so funny and it felt like the kind of thing it was so over the top the way she said that certain phrase is mm-hmm. Maya Rudolph and she describes something as being Looney Tunes. Yeah. And he was like, I just imagine that as being one of those things that you start out saying that was Looney Tunes and every time you do it you get a little wackier and wackier until finally like there that that's the point. That's the perfect level of wacky. And the person who was there, who because Mark yeah. Jackson wasn't in that scene, goes, Nope, I as I recall it, she just said Looney Tunes the very first time because she's my Rudolph. And she's yeah. Brilliant. So it, I could be wrong about any one of these, but yeah, I, I, I did kind of wonder hmm, how many, how many times did they do that? Yeah. To see how many funny bits she could work into. How long could right. she make that ridiculous thing drag out? But yeah, um, I could, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's, that's the only one, the only one, you know, cause you know, obviously there's the obvious ones that they're setting up yeah but that one is that has potential yeah i ship uh, mark evan jackson with appearing on the show <laughs> um yeah uh that's definitely the only one um i mean as as they stand the characters that they are in the pilot i do not ship jake and rosa i want them to be partners forever yeah yeah but i don't really ship them i think i would be i mean i i had a little bit of a spoiler well, don't spoiler me. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil you. spoiler for the end of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I, I yeah, I, I look forward to seeing them maybe get along better as partners. Yeah. Work together better. Yeah. Um, in terms of overarching plot stuff, cliffhangers. If you will. If you will. I mean, I don't know that the show is a bit, is going to be big in terms of cliffhangers, but what do you think will be the arc of the first season? I think uh, the the crew coming together. I think I think them gelling with each other, and mm-hmm. I could see this developing into something where they all build into a rhythm together, and the comedy comes from things that upset the rhythm. Mm-hmm. But overall, the station kind of gets a rhythm mm-hmm. because them constantly all being at odds and like everybody's a little bit out of step with each other. And right now, that's funny. But I don't see this sustaining for 153 episodes with everybody being out of rhythm with each other. Like, right, yeah. One of the things that made the American version of The Office so endearing to a lot of audiences, 
and I, I watched the first couple seasons because I was dating someone who's into it at the time, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, but I would dip back into it with friends every once in a while. And something that did develop over the course of that series is that by the time you get to seasons, you know, six, seven and beyond, every character in that show kind of had this niche that they really occupied. And, and the comedy came from seeing when, you know, there, there were two characters who competed and then someone else who never got in on their competitions would join in. And that was fun. But in terms of how the whole, the whole quote unquote family functioned as a unit, they settled into a rhythm together. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it endearing is you would go to this happy place with these people that happened on parks and rec as well. It developed into, you know, Nick Offerman is kind of the dad and Amy Poehler is kind of the mom. And then they have all these misfit toys, kids, and there's, you know, Jerry, Larry, Gary, Gergich, who's everyone's uncle. That's an inside okay. joke for everybody who watches the show. But this idea that they develop into sort of a cohesive whole over time. Like, that's one of the things that makes the final episode of The Next Generation so satisfying is that they go back and recreate the horrible dynamic that they all had with each other in the first episode and show how they've grown as a family. And that's something that I want to see with this. And I think the end of season one, I could see them kind of being tested, that family bond being mm -hmm. tested. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, no, the the family bond being tested, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. Like, Captain Holt is is going to be transferred, and they have to convince the, the higher-ups to let him stay, or something like that. I could see that, if not the first season, I could see that happening at least at some point. Yeah. Um, God, I'm really trying to think. I feel like sometimes we miss really obvious things to talk about in this segment. I think I can explain why we don't have a lot of future predictions for this in our next segment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then let's move on to that next segment, which we like to call... What will this show be? This is the segment where we talk about what the day-to-day -day vibe of the show is going to be. Sometimes a pilot doesn't quite have the structure of the show. It, infamously, Lost Girl is not a procedural in the pilot, and then it's like, she becomes a detective in the first five minutes of the second episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing we like to say, you know, d did this pilot establish it right off the bat, or is it going to change a little bit? So, I think probably the pilot, we are going to see uh, something like that mm -hmm. going forward. They're always going to have a primary case that they're yeah. kind of working on. Um, but the, the case won't be hugely important it's not a procedural it's not a mystery show right and i think that's why we're not seeing a lot of potential cliffs or anything like that there's no like overarching villain there's not even a big overarching problem other than gelling as a family mm -hmm. presented mm -hmm. in this pilot and i think this is going to be relatively compartmentalized at least for the first few seasons yeah where it's just going to be like there's a case every week we know how these characters are. Their relationships might move forward. People might grow closer. People might open up, become friends, hang out. But in terms of kind of what happens to the group other than gelling, I don't see there being like, oh, there's a new campaign for mayor. Oh, oh no. he Are we going to endorse him or not? Oh, wait, he's actually under investigation. You know, there's yeah. just like, <laughs> the city is under control of Bane. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like... Not, like yeah, I I'm I guess I'm predicting that yeah the show is going to be funny scenarios for funny things to happen during which the characters develop farther and their relationships develop. Yeah, 
It's kind of the vibe of the show I think we're going for. It is a situation comedy. Nailed it. Next segment. Hey, Becca. This is the segment where we, we have to shout out that we recognize someone. Yes. And where we recognize them from. I didn't... Other than, like, having seen a lot of these actors in things uh, promoting this show. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously Andy Samberg and Terry Crews. I didn't recognize anyone in this particular... Oh, and Chelsea Peretti. But not, like, from having seen them in <laughs> I didn't recognize things. anyone except for this guy. And this person. And this right. person. But other than those three, I didn't... It wasn't like, oh, I've seen that person in a bunch of things. There, there wasn't a strong recognition of having seen someone in something else that yes. usually makes me go, oh, oh, oh that, it's, hey, it's that, that, that guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. I think that everyone in this, aside from Andy Samberg, I was pretty much recognizing from seeing gifts of this. Yeah. There was one interesting, that guy kind of from, that I noticed... By looking at the IMDb, mm-hmm. I did not recognize him in the episode because I think he only gets... He's one of the three, the useless three that make good coffee. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's the one who uh, 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 scary cop lady uh, like intimidates by the copy machine. And he's like, hey, guy with a scarf. I'm pretty sure it's that one. The character, at least, is Hitchcock because I saw uh-huh. it on IMDb. The actor is Dirk Blocker. Mm-hmm. His dad was Dan Blocker, who played Hoss on Bonanza. Oh, fun. And the only reason I know that is because of the podcast Bananas for Bonanza, which is a ridiculous, it's a parody of Watch Along Podcasts. Right. But all the people on it are in character. But he is the first time they had a guest on the show who was being themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was so confused because I didn't know anything about the. I, I knew almost nothing about Bonanza listening to this podcast. I didn't know he was an actor. So they were like, we have Dirk Blocker, the son of Dan Blocker. And I'm like, oh, a character. And then the guy just didn't talk like a character. He just talked like a person. And I was like, I don't get this character. Who is this person? And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, literally the, the actor's yeah, son. Can... They, they didn't set out <laughs> to make this a real podcast where they'd yeah. actually get... The, the, a family member of one of right. the actors from the show they're talking about, but he probably knew someone worked that yeah. the people on that podcast. The connection not, was made. Yeah, not unconnected from the people on the show. Anyway, I was just, when I saw his name, I went, oh, hey, I know who that guy is. I literally just learned about that guy's existence a couple of weeks ago. How fun. It's that guy. Yeah. Moving on to our next segment, which we like to call iTunes You. I don't know if you, you realize that that is like me intentionally copying the Nintendo 64 uh, Pokemon like recording of a voice saying, I choose you when you like throw out the Pikachu Pokeball. Oh, I knew you were referencing Pokemon, but yeah. I didn't know you were doing a specific voice. Yeah. Or, or is it GameCube? It's the Super Smash Brothers. Like when you, when, they, when Pikachu goes, I choose you. So, yeah. Okay. I believe you. Good job. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of dates in high school. So this segment is where we talk about... This is pretty straightforward. It's just a segment where we choose who's our favorite character on the show. Strangely. Do you have a favorite character? Holt. <laughs> End of story. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think if I didn't know... I mean, we kind of had the spoiler if we know that Mark Evan Jackson yeah. is going to show up. But otherwise, I might be like, I'm really looking forward to like you know them actually fleshing out his character and not having him be like... The fact that he's gay is just like a one-note character thing yeah. that never comes up again or whatever. Um, obviously, we know that's that's coming, but... 
But 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 for me, like even in this pilot, yeah. how he works comedically with yeah. all these other actors that everyone else is up to eleven around yeah. him, and he is he's he's the Tommy Lee Jones to Will Smith's uh, Agent K. No, Tommy Lee Jones is K. Uh, but he's Tommy Lee Jones to Will Smith in Men in Black. Okay, where he's just mm-hmm. he's stone faced and he's like, is is that a joke? And that's the funniest. That's the punchline yeah. is him not reacting to the bananas nonsense around him. Yeah, no, he's and he's great. I think, though, the character, at least sometimes I pick my favorite character based on just the one that I was, like, the most delighted by. And sometimes it's the one that I'm looking forward to seeing develop. It's the, the that image macro of I love it and I want to see it grow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to tell my family and friends about it and yeah. see it grow up big and strong. And it's Detective Puppy. Oh, yeah. I just, I want him to be happy and I want him to grow maybe get a little bit of a spine but also mm-hmm. still be tender so yeah i think i'm picking him as my fave all right then it means it's time for final verdict did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more sarah that is the question and i would say yes i would say yes as well done credits let's go <laughs> <laughs> no i you know to actually be a little serious about it this charmed me more than I was expecting. Absolutely same. And it at least hinted in its in its first episode that it has more of a mind than what it says on the tin would incline you to believe. Yeah. Well, I, I went into it with kind of the notes of the internet loves it and it's a workplace comedy. I didn't say it in the what we know, but I realized later I kind of went into this sort of expecting it to be like The Office. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Parks and Rec to a lesser degree. And it's not really. It isn't. But in a way, I think what you were saying about to a lesser degree, it is. Because it's sort of like it took the office six years to get to this gelled point where it was a cozy show. Yeah. Because it's very uncomfortable at the beginning. It took Parks and Rec a season and a half to get to that gelled point where it was kind of a cozy show. Yeah. This hits at that point it hits the ground running at that point which i guess mike sure just like it's you know he's getting better every time every show he makes he gets a little bit better yeah you know practice makes perfect but (laughs) yeah i i guess i i went into it with a little bit of unspoken trepidation Mm -hmm. partially based on the fact that i thought it might be a little bit like the officer parks and rec which i i'm sorry to the entire universe i cannot stand the office and parks and rec you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it enough yeah. to watch the rest, even uh-huh. though I know it gets better later. Uh, also based on the fact that, yeah, we watched Shit's Creek and I heard so many good things and I saw so many funny gifts. And then I was so, I was left so cold by that pilot. Yeah. And this, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm charmed and delighted. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying the characters. I want to see more of them all pretty much yeah. right off the bat. And I was like, that was so nice. I'm just stoked about the show and I'm not definitely like, oh, this is right up my alley. Yeah. I'm still a little bit, you know, there's still that, you know, making the NYPD cuddly and funny, but I, it, it seems like a really good show and I'm looking forward to seeing what has made it so beloved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already see that in the pilot, but I I want to, I want to see the rest of it. So I'm sorry. I kind of got, got carried away by my feelings. Please feel free to extrapolate your reasons. Uh, I think for me, the the 
the one sort of trepidation about going forward with it, you know, looking at the pile of 154 episodes, what will give it staying power with me is if it develops into something beyond being kind of a parody cop show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because number one, I'm not super well versed in cop shows. I'm not like a Dick Wolf aficionado. I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Every time we say Dick Wolf, we should put in a dunk dunk. Like a running gag. Says so the good. person who doesn't have to do the editing. Okay, we'll see. I mean, I would scrub for Dick Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and see. I'm not super well versed in cop shows in general. Yeah. And I'm also generally not a fan of workplace comedies. What what made Parks and Rec work for me is that it's a small town comedy. Like, that is more of what was funny to me, is sort of the kind of tight-knit, small community. Yeah. Um, but the idea of, like, oh, you got all these coworkers and you got to deal with them somehow, and, oh, who forgot to refill the coffee machine? That's never really been appealing to me, because I don't work in that kind of environment. Oh, you've never had a shitty office job. I you, have not. You precious babe. I mean, I've had other shitty jobs where I've had to deal with people. You know, I worked restaurant kitchens for That's years. That's true. You, you did restaurant kitchens, which is a whole other It's It's thing. a whole other thing. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot more flying knives and a lot less toner. <laughs> uh, but... Toner? Is that an office word? I think. I think it's an office word. Uh, it's like if I had said, like, I've never had a kitchen job. I assume that there are... Uh, never mind. Drop that. <laughs> Did not have a good example. Knives, we, I guess. We really need to stop giving our writers the week off. <laughs> if the show can sort of build its comedy and its its situations for comedy, if you will, around interpersonal relationships of mm-hmm. just, like, make it a little broader than a workplace comedy... Um, it could hold me. And and how the character wow. <laughs> how the character relationships develop over time. But I definitely in this age of streaming and binging, I've gotten much more selective about not letting myself just watch the next episode, the next episode, the next episode as a reflex. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever told you this before, and we can cut this out if I've told you this before. Okay. But what makes me feel that way is years ago, a friend of mine was like, you've got to try this show. It's called The Big Bang Theory. It's super funny. Lots of nerd jokes. You know, you Uh you like Star Trek and math and all that, whatever. Like, it'll be great for you. (laughs) Hey, you're a nerd, right? You like Star Trek and math? You know, like that's that's how it was sold to me. And I, 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 you know, got the first season and I watched. (laughs) And you do. And you think I got the first season and I watched the first episode and I was like, ah, I laughed a little bit. And I watched the second episode, and before I knew it, over the course of uh, you know a week or so, I'd watched the entire first season. Wow! And I was about to start watching the second season, and I stopped. And I had this this like epiphany. I was like, if you put a gun to my head right now, and you were like, describe any plot line that happened in that entire season of television that you just watched. You just spent like eighteen hours watching the these guys. You know, what even is their names? Like, wh- who who are, you know, like, any of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, have, I was like, I would not be able to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't be able, like, if the fate of the the multiverse rested on me knowing anything that I just watched it. 
because it had become a reflex, like the sounds and the colors and like the everything about it mm-hmm. stopped being something I was engaging in and started being something that was happening to me. And I'd never had that experience with a piece of art before. Yeah. And so being a little bit more critical and being like, why am I watching the next one of these? Why am I still here? What am I, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. And this show has a potential to give me a lot of that. It also has 153 episodes of potentially taking up my life that I might not be engaged with. And I know this is a really like kind of somber note to close out this episode on, <laughs> but I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm sharing that with you because I am so freaking high on this pilot. This is the shortest pilot we've watched that has been the tightest, I think. Cause we've watched a couple others that are like roughly in this time frame, yeah. but this had the most happened, the most character, the most laughs like it's a really good pilot and even if i don't ever end up watching more of this show i'm still super happy that i watched this pilot and i got to watch it with you oh buddy (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of pilot house you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at pilot house pod Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, Jerome, CJ, Josh, Christopher, Tina, and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. I'm sorry, I was starting to mentally check out, and then you ended on that, and I was like, oh. The pilot was our hearts all along. Oh. Well, I'm glad I got to watch it with you, too. And on that note, bye. bye. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, bye. bye. Mm.